Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are covering Paul's second missionary journey, Acts chapter 16, 18 through 22. Up to this point, Saul, a Hebrew and a Roman citizen, at one time persecuted the church. But once he had an encounter with the risen Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was forever changed. He proclaimed Jesus, but believers feared him because he used to persecute them until Barnabas befriended him. A new church in Antioch, Syria, was where Saul and Barnabas ministered. This church was a combination of Jews and Gentile believers in Christ, and under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, they sent Barnabas and Saul on a mission trip. They went to the seaport Seleucia and sailed to Cyprus, an island on the Mediterranean Sea, which is Barnabas's home. They started in the city of Salamis and then traveled throughout the island to the other end in Paphos, another port city, and from there they set to the mainland of Pamphylia, which is modern-day Turkey, and went to the city of Perga. From there they went north to the area of Pisidia and went to that Antioch, then moved east to Iconium and then a bit south to Lystra and then Derbe. During this trip, Everywhere they went, both Jews and Gentiles believed, but there were always some Jews who were jealous of the presence of God with them, and they persecuted them. One time, Paul was even stoned. So Paul began to say, We are now going to the Gentiles. Since Saul was ministering more to the Gentiles, he began to use his Roman name, Paul, and that is how we know of him today. Paul and Barnabas headed backward to each of the cities that they had been to in order to encourage the believers that were there and to place elders as leaders in each church. Once back in Pamphylia, they sailed home to Antioch, Syria, instead of going back to the island of Cyprus. After that trip, the question arose, do Gentile Christians have to be circumcised? In other words, do they need to become Jews first? And the council at Jerusalem in chapter 15 said no. This helped show that Christianity was no longer just a sect of Judaism, but its own religion, which shared the Old Testament scriptures. After that was settled, Paul wanted to go back to the churches that they had started, but they strongly disagreed on bringing John Mark with them this time because he had abandoned them the first time. This splits up the team and Barnabas took John Mark and they sailed to Cyprus, the island, and Paul chose Silas. And they traveled on land around the end of the Mediterranean Sea through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This starts chapter 16. This route took them first to Derby and Lystra, and there they met Timothy, whose mother, and we know from 2 Timothy 1.5, his grandmother, were Jewish believers, but his father was a Greek. This made him a half-breed, which the Jews frowned upon. 
Timothy was the first second generation Christian mentioned in the New Testament. Paul wanted Timothy to join them, so he had him circumcised because of the Jews living in those parts knew that his dad was Greek. This was for Timothy to have access to minister as needed amongst the Jews, and it aided him to be circumcised so that the Jews would not reject him. This was not for his salvation. It was this Timothy that Paul wrote two letters toward the end of his life, First and Second Timothy. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia heading north. They tried to circle to the right and go into Asia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them, verse 7. So they headed west to Troas. While there, Paul got a vision from the Lord of a man in Macedonia standing and appealing to him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us, verse 9. In verse 10, we see the pronoun changed from they to we. It was here at Troas that Luke that great physician joined Paul, Silas, and Timothy. From Troas, we sailed. They went northwest to the island of Semothrace, then to a port city of Neapolis, and from there to Philippi. Remember, Paul wrote a letter to the Philippians. Philippi was a leading city in the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. It was here where they went outside of the city to a riverbank to pray and met the women who had assembled there. Lydia was a worshiper of God, a seller of purple fabrics, which were very costly. And verse 14 reads, And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. She was the first Christian on European soil that we know of from Scripture. When she and her household were baptized, she pleaded for them to stay with her, and she prevailed. While there, a slave girl with a spirit of divination followed Paul and Silas, crying out, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. After a while, this annoyed Paul, and he turned around and said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it did immediately. This angered her owners because this was how they made their money. This brought them persecution. They were stripped, beaten with rods, and then thrown into prison with their feet in stocks. Verse 25 says that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. There was a sudden earthquake. The jailer thought they had escaped, so he was going to kill himself. But Paul cried out, Don't hurt yourself. We are all here. The soldier called for lights and then fell down before them and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they responded, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. He took them home that very night and washed their wounds and immediately he was baptized and his household. This makes me think of the statement helping to explain why bad things happen to godly people. And someone once said, it's because the world needs to see how we respond, which is different than the world responds in the same situation.
The way they acted in the jail brought the soldier to believe in Jesus, which resulted in his whole family to also believe. The jailer brought them back by the morning, and the ones who put them there were going to release them. But Paul said, You have beaten us and thrown us in jail without a trial, and we are Roman citizens. (gasps) This frightened the accusers. So they pleaded that they would just leave the area. Paul and Silas went to Lydia's house, encouraged the brethren, and then they left the city. Chapter 17 begins, Now when they had traveled, which seems to say that Luke stayed in Philippi, they followed the coast of the Aegean Sea and went to Amphipolis, Apollonia, and then to Thessalonica. Keep in mind that Paul wrote two letters to the Thessalonians. Here there was a synagogue of the Jews, so they went there for three Sabbaths, reasoning with them from the scriptures. Verse 2. As usual, some Jews and some Gentiles believed, but a group of Jews became jealous. They were so angry they attacked the house of Jason and other believers. The accuser said, These men who have upset the world have come here also. Verse 6. Jason was released, but that evening Paul and Silas went away at Berea, and they first went to the synagogue of the Jews. Here the Jews were welcoming, and they searched the scripture, the Old Testament, for the truth. But Jews from Thessalonica came there too and stirred up the crowds. The brethren immediately sent off Paul, but Silas and Timothy stayed there. The men that accompanied Paul went as far as Athens in the area of Achaia and took word that Silas and Timothy were to come as soon as possible. Here in Athens, Paul used a different approach because it was a pluralistic religion. They had so many idols that there was even an altar to an unknown God. In verse 24, Paul starts off, The God who made the world and all things in it. It is singular, the God. From there, he shared how all people came from the first man, and then he used their own poets to say, for we also are his children. When he mentioned the resurrection from the dead, some sneered and some were curious. Two people believed, Dionysius and Damaris. Verse 34. I still remember my pastor preaching on this when I was a teenager, and he said, Here Paul tried to reason and use their way of thinking instead of preaching, and there were only two people saved. I find it interesting that I remember that. Paul then left Athens and went to Corinth in chapter 18. Paul also wrote 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Here, Paul met a Jew named Aquila who recently came from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded that all Jews leave Rome. Verse 2. They were tent makers like Paul, so he stayed with them. He would go to the synagogue every Sabbath. Silas and Timothy finally joined him there, which allowed Paul to devote himself completely to the word so he could testify to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. The Jews resisted, so Paul said, Then I am going to the Gentiles. Paul then stayed with Titus Justus, a worshiper of God, but not a Jew, whose house was next to the synagogue. The synagogue leader became a believer as well as his household, 
and many Corinthians were believing and being baptized. The Lord told Paul in a vision at night, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you. And no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in this city. Verses 9 and 10. He stayed there one and a half years. The Jews tried to bring Paul up to the judgment seat, but the proconsul would not hear it since it was a religious matter. Paul stayed many days, but finally left the brethren and began his journey home with Priscilla and Aquila. Some people say that since women's names were not usually mentioned first, that it could be that Priscilla was the main teacher with her husband. I have also heard that it is because she was probably wealthy. I don't know, but I find it interesting that her name is first. In a town just south of Corinth, Paul had his hair cut, which was a vow unto the Lord. According to New Testament Foundations, a guide for Christian students, volume 2, based on Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 through 21, the custom of taking a Nazarite vow was followed by a person setting out on a dangerous journey. Then he could shear his head at a ceremony of thanksgiving in the Jerusalem temple. Paul's intention, once his hair was cut at Sincrea, was not to have it cut again until he reached Jerusalem safely. Then the hair would be offered as a token of thankfulness, of journeying mercies. From there they sailed back to modern-day Turkey to the city of Ephesus. Remember, Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians. Here, Priscilla and Aquila stayed. He did go to the synagogue there, but he did not tarry there because he wanted to get to Jerusalem. But he said, I will return to you again if God wills. Verse 21. Paul landed in Caesarea and then went up from the coast to the mountain and greeted the church. In other words, he went to the church in Jerusalem. And then he went down north back to Antioch by the sea, the city that sent him on this second missionary journey. So ladies, let me ask you, has the Lord opened your heart to respond to the things revealed in scripture? What is he saying to you today? If you hear his voice, please don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's be women who hear and respond in obedience. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.